I have been involved with house cleansings, a few exorcisms for houses, objects, things of that nature. Uh, I have been asked to assist paranormal teams throughout the last 20 years. Hey everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host Brent Thomas. Thank you all for joining us and a special thank you goes out to all of you who continue to support the podcast and continue to spread the word. Always remember if any of you out there have experiences of your own that you'd like to share, feel free to email me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Again, paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and you too could be a guest on the show. This is Bob Gimling, and you're listening to the Paranormal Portal. Got a phenomenal show lined up for you guys today. I'm joined by Gypsy, who has a whole bunch of experiences, and uh, she's agreed to come on the show and share them with you. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the show, Gypsy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I always love the opportunity to talk to people because, you know, I love getting emails too. And I get quite a few emails that we do email shows, but I love the opportunity to have discussions with the people that are having these experiences because I just find that there's so much to unpack and there's so much to examine in these experiences. But, uh, you know, I, I guess I always like to start with, where did this start for you? Where did this journey begin? Well, I think that, um, like a lot of people may have experienced, it started when I was younger. Um, I remember v- my first real vivid moment. Uh, I was about eight, and uh, I was at my neighbor's house, and we were running through the living room just being kids. And uh, for some reason or another, I'd stopped in the foyer, and I happened to look up at the top of her stairs, and there was a little boy who was uh, holding his knees, kind of rocking back and forth, and he was he was just crying. He was bawling. And he looked like a kid. He just looked like a kid sitting there. And I know that it wasn't one of her brothers and sisters because I knew the family quite well. Uh-huh. Uh, so I just had that feeling of this doesn't belong. You know, it belongs, but it's not belonging. Uh-huh. And... Um, I kind of called out to him, you know, like, you know, what's wrong or something to that effect. And he turned and ran up the stairs. So I have no idea what that was. I never found out or looked more into it, you know. Wow. That's an incredible first experience. It was very, very, very much a vivid first experience. And I think that that's when I started to realize maybe, you know, because other friends, we would have sleepovers and things and tell spooky stories. And, you know, everybody has some sort of a ghost spooky story, um, even though you exaggerate because you're a kid, you know. Sure. And um, my other friends had seen some ghosts or this or that. And when we had shared different experiences and I shared mine, everyone just stared at me because mine sounded so much different than theirs. And I think that's when it kind of hit me that I was kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I understand. You know, and um, you had had a uh, guest not long ago, Travis from Ohio, and he is my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And, um, I bring that up because he had told some stories about our home when we were younger. 
So in between having that first experience and then also having him there to validate the voice in the basement and, you know, the other little oddball things that were occurring, um, I felt a little better. Right. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it definitely helps when you're younger to have somebody to relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because when you're in a bubble, that's, that's a tough place to be because I think you're probably always wondering, is this just me or is this really happening? You know? That is for sure. And uh, as Travis had mentioned before, he, we, you know, we grew up in a very extremely religious household. And, um, you know, so that's something that isn't really talked about. It is, but it's always when it's very obvious and evil. <laughs> kind of like in the <laughs> movies, you know, if it's obvious sure. and evil, then we call in the church, you know. But um, mm-hmm. other than that, you know, we don't really discuss those things because they don't really exist, if you will. Right. Sure. I understand that completely. So it definitely started there. Um, And then it kind of tapered off. I was really busy uh, with school. I took on a lot of extra classes. I was kind of that drama nerd. And, um, (laughs) you know, so I took a lot of uh, English and writing and things like that. Um, And so I took my time, graduated, went on to college. So through that time, I mean, there was little things here and there, but nothing really too awful remarkable. I think I was very, very busy and tuned out to a lot of things at the time. Sure. I understand. So after I was older and in my early 20s and things had kind of settled down, um, I noticed that those things were still around. Um, Every place I had ever moved, I would either see someone standing at my counter, like smiling at me, or (laughs) things would move. Um, you know, things would break, um, random things. Um, my stove would click on a few times then shut off because it was a gas stove. Um, just random things for like the next year from like 20 to 21. That's scary though, right? I mean, the things turning on stoves, that, that really frightens me. Like the, the gravity of that is horrible. But see, it, it is, but it isn't. I think that sometimes when those things happen, of course, my initial reaction was I was scared. I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't scared. I still get <laughs> sure. scared to this day as I continue telling other experiences. It still scares me no matter mm-hmm. how many you experience, you have that innate anxiety for a moment. Right. Um, but it was a playful feeling because it wasn't like it was turning on the stove. It was, you know, where you turn on the little clicker before you click the gas on, it would click a couple times and turn off. Oh, okay. Okay. So it wasn't like the burners were all coming on. and Yeah. It was okay. more of like an attention thing, kind of okay. like when the door would rattle, you know, the oven door would rattle, things like that. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. And that was at um, my first real house after I had met my um, my hus- now husband and uh, we were living there and come to find out that I had reconnected with an old college uh, friend. And we were sitting on the porch one day and uh, he had told me that the house that we were renting, this house with the stove and the person staring at me at the counter, smiling, it was a younger male and he had glasses. Like I described this, this man to uh, my friend Jay Mm -hmm. and he's looking at me just like everybody else always does. Like I'm either crazy or I'm scaring them. (laughs) One of the two. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, do you know anything about this? And he's like, well, because he grew up around the area. And he told me, he said, well, the funny thing is, is there was a kid that lived here in this house. And he was about 17 years old. And he decided to um, no longer go on, if you will. Oh, sure. Unfortunately, he was going through a lot. And he told me that the cemetery up the road was where he was. So we took a walk up there and... Oh my goodness! Um, on the tombstone was uh, his face was etched on the tombstone, like the 
photograph they do. Sure, right. And it was the same person that was in my kitchen for like the last eight months. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah. It, in, and at that moment, after that, like after I recognized him and was like, I see you, haha, you know, gotcha. Um, <laughs> you know, you're real funny. <laughs> after that, everything stopped. And I almost got this feeling like he just didn't want to be forgotten. Right. And and that's exactly what I was thinking, too. And, you know, we often hear about people saying, well, you know, sometimes they just want to be acknowledged. And and by certainly by doing that, you acknowledged him, and that was maybe important. Do you, do you think he was still there, though, just not making his, his presence known? I don't think he was stuck. That's the thing. Um, not just because things stopped, but because it wasn't, it was literally maybe two and a half blocks to the cemetery directly up the road. Mm. So he wasn't far. Okay. Do you think, do you think that, uh, and this is, this is kind of one of those questions that there isn't a right answer, but do you think that sometimes people's, uh, our, our souls or us, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of don't like the term soul because it implies like something you carry in your pocket. I think that we, you know, our consciousness is the soul, but do you think that some people stay with their bodies or do you think they just kind of come and go and do as they will? I think that there's varying levels of everybody. Um, the way, see, I believe in a lot of bit of everything. This is, <laughs> this is, sure. um, the thing is, is I think that there's kind of levels to everyone. I think that sometimes they're able to come and go. I think that other times they're not able to, I think some of them do end up getting, um, stuck, you know, um, cursed, et cetera. And I'm, I'm air quote. I air quote that, um, sure. I air quote word, uh, you know, cursed because I don't like that word either. Right. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think that everybody is different. And I think that's what is the most mysterious to me is who determines if you can come and go, who determines, you know, um, if right. you're stuck somewhere, is it always a tragic event? You sure. know, cause I have found sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. It can just be emotional then as well, I suppose. Just, but yeah, I like the way you explain that because I really think that makes a lot of sense that it's, it's kind of incumbent upon the individual, whether they will stay in a certain place because, you know, for whatever reason, if they're just not ready yet. Now, I think some, some spirits, I think, choose to be earthbound because I, I and this is, this is just a hypothesis. So whatever that's worth, but I think that sometimes these, these spiritual bodies or people tend to stick around because perhaps growing up in, in specific, well, it's just religious, religious, uh, um, dogma states, you know, if you're not a great person, then you, you know, you may be looking at a life, uh, an eternity of torment. And so maybe that closet looks pretty darn good compared to, you know, a quote unquote lake of fire and suffering and, and damnation and all of that. And so they just don't want to roll that dice. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I could be um, like an emotional state of being almost because when you are an ultra religious person and I if you're religious, uh, whatever you are, right. as long my sure. my belief is no matter what you believe in, as long as you have faith in something. OK, I don't care what it is. <laughs> you know, you can have faith in, you know, getting through another day. You can have faith in yourself or God or whatever it is you choose. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes that that faith is so ingrained in them that even after they pass, that still kind of deviates their thinking. And maybe they still worry emotionally that they're not worthy to pass on. Right. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. It's like I, I don't know that that's the case 
uh, you know, for for a lot of situations, but I think it is in some. Like, I, I yeah. think that, yeah, and I don't mean to spiderweb off, I still want to hear all of your experiences, but I love these discussions because whatever, you know, it's kind of like what what causes this stuff to happen? Well, you know, if a spirit doesn't move on, that's usually a big one, but I, I think that there can be those anchors and, and fear would certainly be one of them where it's like, you know, I, I know I wasn't a really great person. I know I had faults and is that enough to keep me from living in, in, in a blissful eternity, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, sticking around here, at least they know this and, and this is familiar rather than taking a step into the unknown and that whole terrifying idea that maybe they weren't good enough. And that's, you know, that's got to be horrifying. That is very true. Isn't that funny that uh, our emotional uh, shortcomings and fears can also affect us once we're mortally gone. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. But, uh, but anyway. And you can also spiderweb off of that thought and then ask, you know, I have been involved with house cleansings um, at some points, a few exorcisms here and there of different houses, objects, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been asked to assist paranormal teams and things also throughout the last 20 years. Um, and I would like to preface that it is not me. It is whatever that is decided to give me these experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I never take credit for anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, But then you can spiderweb off that and ask, you know, in some of these house cleansings or, you know, passing ons that can be done with others, um, you know, what determines whether or not they're they're allowed to then, you know, find that light. Right. Yeah. You know, if they are stuck here due to that emotional torment, then why can some be passed on and some not? Right. That's a good point. Uh, And I I think that, you know, I think that, that it is very powerful, whatever whatever emotional state they're in will, you know, could dictate very well what their experience is. Yeah. And whether or not they will make that journey. But don't you suppose it's probably, uh, has a lot to do with, um, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just really rolling the dice here on a lot of ideas, but, um, I think that maybe we choose either way, you know, maybe it's just up to us. That would be an awesome thought. Unfortunately, I feel like sometimes in my belief personally, um, is that, we're not all given that choice. Okay. Yeah. I you know, you could feel like well some right. of us, uh, the choice is made for us and not necessarily because of our decisions as a person, not always. I do feel that that whole, you know, really bad evil person, you know, can get stuck places. Um, people of trauma and such can get stuck with things and places. Um, I do believe that, but I also don't believe that's always the case. Mm, okay. That's you know, fun. I think that every every experience, every object, every home, every entity, spirit, demon, um, every everything is separate and its own thing. And it kind of each own thing makes up the choir of all the paranormal that we experience. Yeah, I, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Very well said. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And one other of the group said, I just saw something. I said, good. I'm glad somebody else is seeing this (laughs) because what I'm about to tell you is going to sound insane. And I proceeded to tell them I felt that they were native to that land of some sort. (laughs) 
you know, it's fascinating. And, and again, I don't mean to pull away from your experiences and just go into this, this philosophical discussion, but again, uh, I know you have experience and, and can you, since you've kind of brought it up, what you are a spiritualist yourself or how would you, what would you define yourself? Um, not that a label is important, but just for the listeners to understand. Yeah, I get that asked that a lot. And I always have said that I don't necessarily have a title. I also feel like that a lot of us do have that, you know, intuition or different abilities that we may pick up on over time or notice. And I don't think it's fair for us to ever label ourselves. However, if someone else of the spiritual sense does come to you and give you advice on that, that's one thing. I, however, don't really have a title. Um, the only thing that I have ever been referred to, because I do a lot of bit of everything is the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have um, a very religious um, um, Indian spiritualist refer to me as the best thing you can say is a green witch. Um, it's someone that uses everything around them and doesn't necessarily need anything in order to connect. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. It is. It's very interesting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you just you, you sound very grounded in this stuff, and and it, it, you have had a lot of experiences, and so um, you know, I mean, this can happen to anybody, of course, but you do have ability as well, which which I think in the in the course of doing this show, one thing has become abundantly clear, and that is those people that are sensitive are like beacons for activity. I mean, it always finds them, whether they know they are or not. It just, the, the, for some reason, the spirits or the ghosts or the entities just seem to be able to see that and are absolutely gravitated towards it. I think a lot of times they are gravitated towards it, but I also think sometimes, too, we just notice it more. You know, because I think that it's it's almost kind of like highway traffic sometimes in some areas. And a lot of times if you're not in tune or unable or, you know, what have you, um, if they don't allow you, is, is I guess the best way to put it, if they don't allow you to see or hear, because hearing, oh, that's always fun hearing things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if they don't allow you to connect in that way with that particular situation or place, then you're unable to, you know, but if you are, there's always someone somewhere, Okay. <laughs> there's always someone somewhere. That's a great point. I, and I appreciate you saying that because I've often thought if we just, if everybody just suddenly became absolutely aware of all of the spirits that surrounds us, I think we would be finding that we're in a, we're in an ocean of spirit and spiritual activity going on. And uh, that's very, very well said. I like how you sum that up. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, I think we can all agree to some some point that spirit, you know, ghosts and spirits and things. I'm not speaking of, de- you know, necessarily. Well, demons also qualify for this, but it's all um, it's all energy. Everything's energy and we're energy as well. Um, you know, and that's the fascinating thing about rocks, minerals, stones, because they retain it longer. You know, but anything you touch, you place your energy onto it, even for just a millisecond, if it evaporates, it's still in there, it's still on it. So I feel like the more energy that, you know, is around you or given out is also a factor on 
you know, what experiences you have, what you see, what you hear, you know, the more, and and it's just kind of like, I'm sure, you know, your listeners may, you know, relate to this, that the more they speak about their experiences or the more that, you know, they listen to others' experiences, you know, through your awesome podcast, you know, that they are finding, hearing and seeing more things themselves. It's bringing that energy around them. It's kind of magnetizing it and making it more well-known. Absolutely. And, and, uh, as another side note, I, I do get emails from people saying, you know, ever since I started listening to your show, <laughs> things are starting to happen. And, and I think you're right. I think that people myself, when I, when I've done cleansings or, or card readings or, you know, connecting, you know, and, and messaging and things of that nature for them, whatever it is. Um, and even the teams calling me out to help them with some things, you know, it's always, it's always the same afterwards, you know, some of them, they're like, Hey, can you stop that? Cause I'll text them. I'll be like, Hey, you are right today. And they'll be like, Hey, I was, you know, I was kind of having a rough morning. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand perfectly. Wow. Well, that's fascinating. And I, and I love your insights on this stuff as well. So, um, I, I, you know, and a lot of times when I, when I do these interviews like this, it's, you know, kind of, it's, and it's a great either way, but, um, a lot of times people are just relating their experiences and, and those are fascinating and it's incredible, but I also like, like your insights on this. And I think it's, it's really important because I think a lot of times when people are experiencing the paranormal, they're, they're not prepared. They're they and, and they don't know what to do, how to quantify it. So I think some of the stuff you're saying is going to help some people out there that are dealing with things and maybe to help understand the situation a little better. So I appreciate those insights. I thank you very much for that. And I hope so, because I feel like that's, that's why I do what I do. You know, the number one thing I get asked is what are you, you know, psychic tarot, this or that. And the second number question is if people want me to come out and look at something or chat with them or whatever it may be that they need assistance with, they'll always ask me like, you know, what is it that you charge? That's the, that's Mm -hmm. the number two common question I get. And that's the thing I don't, I don't, because I always tell them I didn't ask to be, you know, weird. <laughs> I didn't ask to be able to be, um, you know, the person that I am. And, and I joke, you know, I use humor a lot of the ways. I am blessed. I, I am very grateful for the experiences that they've given me and for being able to help others. That's the thing. I, I love being able to help people process either what they've seen or what they're feeling or maybe something's bothering them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a good feeling to be able to see them understand it for themselves and gain that knowledge and gain that power. Sure. Absolutely. So where are we going next on this journey? Well, I would say probably um, the investigation that probably changed me the most oh, uh, is wow. a pretty good story. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it is a real place, uh, here in Ohio and it is right off of Lake Erie. Um, it is currently a very wooded area now, but, uh, in the 1800s, it was, you know, known for very small little villages and such because it was right on the lake. Sure. Uh, and it was right before the civil war and there was a lot of, uh, immigrants and such coming here to start a new life. Um, so that's the area I was called to now. There's a little backstory. Uh, I would like to start my story by saying I didn't know where I was going. I don't ask where I'm going. I don't like to know where I'm going um, because when paranormal groups do call me in, I know that they are knowledgeable um, to some extent in their own fields. And so if they're calling me to help to get to the bottom of something, then I don't 
I want to just kind of wing it <laughs> and be clear, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I met with them and then I went ahead and rode with them and that's where we ended up going. Um, as we entered, um, as you park, it's kind of got this giant hill, almost, you know, just that's all you see is a hill and a path down the middle and the typical scary woods. Cause this was at night we decided to go, of course, you always go at night. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, and they had their equipment and they handed me even one of those, you know, small recorders that we like to, you know, play with when we were younger, just in case we caught any EVPs or anything like that. So we went up the hill and about three quarters away before the crest of the hill, I noticed out of the corners of both of my eyes, this flickering almost. And like I said, I'm on the middle of a path, straight path and nothing but trees, very dense trees, mm -hmm. but almost because it's dark, you can see little light blue streaks between the trunks, you know, from okay. the moon. Yeah. And I see these little flickers and, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. So I stop, everybody stops and I turn and I notice as I walk, there's people moving from tree to tree to find out what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. And I, looked, and I looked at the group and one other of the group said, I just saw something. I said, good. I'm glad somebody else is seeing this <laughs> because what I'm about to tell you is going to sound you know, insane, mm -hmm. but this is why I'm here. <laughs> and I proceeded to tell them I felt that they were um, native to that land of some sort. And I felt like they are not threatening or anything. They just want to know what we're doing there. Oh, wow. Kind of more of a, what are you doing? So sure. as we walked along and stuff, he was, he was like, okay, I feel a little better. I, I thought it was me. I'm like, no, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> So it was okay. Things calmed down. We finally went over the hill and such. And uh, we came to where the main path kind of split into three. And we all kind of stood around for a minute because we were trying to decide what direction they wanted to go to next. And I looked over um, and through the trees was coming a, I would say probably a younger girl, maybe 12 to 14. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is when I see them i see them as people <laughs> that sounds oh. really weird to say <laughs> sure i mean but but were, were they formerly people uh, no of course not this okay. she she was she she was she the best way i can describe it is she looked like a real person coming towards me but almost as if the light was coming from out of her oh, okay. so it was pitch black and I could see her like, you know, you know, if, as if I was looking at you. Right. But like a flashlight is in the middle of you. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And she was wearing a blue dress and she had uh, longer hair and it was kind of pinned back. And so I held out my hand that had the recorder in it. And, I'm, and as this is happening, I'm narrating what I'm seeing, you know, because sure. they're recording, they're checking, you know, EMF meters and et cetera as, as everything's happening. Okay. Well, um, I held up my hand. I was telling him, you know, she's coming towards the recorder, this and that. And just as she reached her hand out and I was saying she's reaching her hand out, my recorder died in my hand. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he looked at me and they all looked at each other. There was about seven of us there and nobody knew what to say because that was the first time I had ever had something get that physically close to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was definitely a moment. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though. But it's nice to have that. 
I mean, it's such a correlation that you're saying this is what I'm seeing, and boom, you had something to to substantiate that. It wasn't just you I know music. That's what they were hoping for because they were getting readings and you know EVPs, and they just wanted to try to nail down specific what if they could get to the bottom of different areas and what was going on. Wow, that is really cool. That's the kind of thing that's. You know, it, it, and it's probably, uh, they were probably really just uh, so thrilled because they were able to document that at the same time. That's amazing. It was. It was because they later um, followed up a few weeks later after they cleared through everything and listened through everything. And there was a last name um, that was said around the time right before my EV, uh, my meter died. And um, they looked it up and it was a family that had lived in that area. I guess. So the correlation between the name and then the girl. And so it all kind of made sense for everybody historically as well. That's what I love is when things can be proven, even if someone's telling me that they've experienced something and I can validate because I see it too. Mm -hmm. It makes someone feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the, I don't know, the, the, What's the word? The holy grail of it is when you're able to, you know, be able to co corroborate so many things and put it all together and come up with a, a cohesive narrative. I mean, that's fantastic. It was. It it was. Um. It. I. I was shaking after that for sure. Like, but in a good way. But I was definitely like, this was the biggest, most kind of in my, for lack of a better term, in my face moment that I had had. <laughs> so she she reached out. <laughs> drain the batteries and then were you still uh perceiving her after that point or was it was she no, just suddenly after, gone? after the battery was gone it was like you know her job was done <laughs> <laughs> well that's fantastic. but she was smiling she was very happy she almost kind of skipped so it was it was playful i think definitely playful oh wow that is cool There's a reason why every horror movie starts out with them moving into a house and it's being the best place ever for the first six months. Mm -hmm. So sometimes what sounds playful turns out to be not so playful. So when, when you're in investigations like that and uh, you come across a spirit like that, is that something... Do you actively try to cross spirits over in those kind of situations or, or do you leave, I mean, how do you know when is a good time to, you know, try to cross people over or to let, let them be? Yeah, I, I, that's the best uh, question because the best answer I can truly give you from my own experience and what I feel mm -hmm. in the moment is you, they will let you know, okay. they will let you know. There is a feeling of some sort of distress or need mm. or, you know, something that you kind of feel in the in the pit of your stomach. Almost as when you kind of feel like something's not quite right, not bad, but not quite right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the sensation that I get. And sometimes I will hear something. I hear a lot of things. Um, so sometimes I may hear words or phrases perhaps um, to give me a signal or a cue from them. Mm -hmm. Um, it really just depends on that particular moment and that particular, you know, spirit or entity and what it is that they're trying to do. Sometimes it's just to have fun. Sometimes it's just to be like, Hey, what's up? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they really do need help. 
And sometimes the ones that don't want to leave need help leaving. Sure. Wow. Do you ever do the crossing over of things that are like really problematic? I mean, it's almost like a, like a, an exorcism source, but okay, well, let me ask you this, uh, since we're on kind of on the subject. So you, you, obviously you, you can help people cross that are stuck and they really just want help to get over to the other side. But what about the things that don't now is that, and, and, and if you, if you don't mind me asking, if you do an exorcism, where in your opinion are these energies going once they're exercised? Is there, I mean, are they just cast out to wander and find someone else or are they, ex, you know, uh, um, what's the word expelled from this level of dimension or what would you say is happening in those situations? Well, it depends on several things too. And like I said, this is kind of where, where I've come to believe over my experiences and things I've felt and, and whatnot. And, Mm -hmm. um, there is difference in what they are as well, because not all demons are just demons. They're all different. Uh, and I don't just mean by name and the big ones in the Bible and things, and I'm not knocking them. Of course they're real. They exist. Um, but they, as they say, you know, whether you read the Bible or not, even in the movies, there's legions upon legions. Mm -hmm. So they're all different. They all have a different origin. They're all for, there for different reasons. Um, you know, they all have, they're all there for a selfish purpose Mm. and finding out sometimes the first thing is you have to find out who they are um, and what it is that they want. Okay. Because that helps you go in the direction of exactly how it is you're going to get rid of them. Because some of them, like the bigger ones and such, and the ones directly connected to that, um, you know, for a lack of a better term, like the movies, they do leave. They are, they are sent back kind of on a timeout. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Come back, but they're sent kind of on a timeout for a minute. <laughs> it's like freeze tag. Um, so, you know, they do get a timeout for that, but the other ones, they, they lack of a word and no, I'm not insulting anyone. Um, as I look to the ceiling, um, the smaller ones, um, there's different things that you can do, but you do have to trap them. You have to banish them to trap them. And a lot of people say you have to what? (laughs) (laughs) You have to trap them somehow, some way. Think about it because where are they going to go? Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so in my experience, the, um, one time that I have had to assist with that, um, actually was one of my, houses. Um, I had called in some helpers and, um, we had to actually, um, trap it into, um, a special type of, um, oak box and it had to have a mirror in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and a few other things, um, specific to the situation. Um, and side note, uh, mirrors are great magnets for bad, uh, demons and bad spirits because they're very vain. Um, so just like, (laughs) okay. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so we used that and et cetera. And then, of course, locked it with a silver chain, silver cross, and sat on it for a while deciding what to do. And it ended up making me very, very sick. Oh. Holding on to that box made me very sick. Um, so I had to burn it. <laughs> okay. In order to kind of release it um, and get rid of it. You know, burning things is not always a bad thing, but it can be used in, you know, banishing negative things it can also be used for positive things as well okay wow that's fascinating that's the yes now what about with uh let's say formerly formerly human spirits that are really negative and 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 such you know when you're doing cleansings or kicking them out are they also being banished or 
what is it that you do there? You are kind of doing a forced crossover um, okay. when you have to do that, when they won't leave of their own accord and kind of no matter how nicely you ask or even if you get a little agitated, they still won't go. Mm-hmm. Um, there is different things you can do or say or use, um, different materials, incense, um, all kinds of things. Um, but you have to be very firm about it and you have to tell them that they are going to go as you continue to use um, whatever it is that you're using. Um, everybody kind of has something that they like to use in particular, but I use the um, white sage and a combination of some, you know, um, resin stone, dragon's blood and charcoal and some other things. And you really have to make it leave. It's almost like dragging it through the other door and closing it behind it. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I, I was just, I've always been kind of curious about that, how, you know, what are the different modalities for dealing with the different things? Because, and, and how, how, well, I, I mean, obviously you're sensitive, so I'm sure you get a kind of a kind of keyed into it from an energetic level, but how, how can a person know what it is they're dealing with? Is there, is there indicators that you know, that you know of that would tell a person? And and I'm just saying this because of course people are, are out there listening and they may be dealing with a negative, negative uh, presence in their own lives. So how can they know what it is they're dealing with. Like, are there any uh, fundamental signs that, no, it's just a formerly human person uh, or something much darker and more problematic? Yeah. Well, the number one thing that I always tell people is there is a lot of good. Of course, there's a lot of bad. Mm -hmm. But sometimes whatever it is that you're experiencing just is. It's neither a good, necessarily good spirit or playful or this or that. And it's definitely not bad. It just is. It's there. It exists. And sometimes they don't want to necessarily connect, mm-hmm. but they just kind of take their time on their way out. <laughs> okay. Um, so you may experience noises and things, but you're not able to really sense one way or the other, you know, what it is necessarily. And it's not something that's really in your face or constant in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. The good stuff, of course, is kind of easy to identify. It's more playful. It's kind of the banging of cupboards lightly, you know, little little light taps, um, you know, kind of gives you that feeling of curiosity. It mm-hmm. makes you curious to find out kind of what it is or where the noise is coming from, even if you are anxious and slightly fearful, because <laughs> we all get slightly fearful. It's okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, But it's more of a curious feeling you get. It's not so much of a bad thing. Now, of course, the bad things, um, everybody will tell you, you know, you'll feel kind of something bad. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not. You know, not there's a reason why every horror movie starts out with them moving into a house and it's being the best place ever for the first six months. Okay. Mm -hmm. So sometimes what sounds playful turns out to be not so playful and it takes on that form. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, kind of like the Annabelle philosophy, how they thought it was one thing and it ended up being another. Mm-hmm. Same idea. Um, so just be mindful of any changes in patterns um, that you notice. For instance, you know, if there's a constant type of noise or activity that happens, whether once in a while or not, regardless of how frequently, if it changes, specifically if it intensifies to the point where you can't ignore it, Mm-hmm. then you have something on your hands that you need to look into to figure out. Okay. Okay. 
because, you know, when you do talk about things and, and when you do, you know, energy work or things like that, it does, you know, of course, you know, make more energy in the area. However, if you have something that's just of a human source, it won't have much energy. You know, it does take energy from the electronics around us. So once in a while you do get a full body apparition, but that's why you don't get that very often, to be honest with you. Okay. It takes a lot of energy to manifest fully in that way. So if you're noticing little noises or little, you know, once in a while, something out of the corner of your eye, but then all of a sudden it starts to be like, you see the curtain move, but the window's not open. You see like something fall over. It's starting to get more intense. Mm-hmm. then it's definitely uh, more than likely not of a human source because it's building its own energy um, within itself and out of your own emotions. Maybe you're going through something in your life at that time. Sure. Maybe, you know, whether happy or sad, it's feeding off of your energy to get stronger. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and I've noticed that, uh, that uh, you know, in looking into really dark um, presences and hauntings and stuff is that, there, there does seem to be, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I assumed it must be, there must be uh, maybe an implied cons- consent. Like, I think that there must be something to the fact that when we're in a space, we, we have dominion over it to a degree, but that other things can come in, but they still need to get us to back down. And, and so that may be why... Things start out and they're fearful, making you afraid. And once you feel afraid, of course, that's a form of surrender because, you know, you feel that something has power over you. And and by weakening your resolve, that allows them to become stronger and perhaps even feed off the fear, magnifying that power as well. And it it just ramps up to the point where, you know, people are, are, and then the oppression the, you know, the possibly attachment, oppression up to possession, um, those are all, you know, steps in the continuum of, you know, these things really taking root. Does that make oh, sense? Sure. Definitely. But they also have the ability to feed off what you're going through in your life, too. Mm. You know, um, like I said, whether happy or sad, I like it's a silly reference, but Monsters, Inc., um, you know, they <laughs> fed off of screams and then they realized that they could get it more out of laughs. Um, you know, the negative entities, you know, tend to be able to foster and build more energy out of everything around them. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the humans rely on more of an electrical source of some sort, you know, or us really thinking about a person we miss and maybe then we smell their perfume, you know, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Whereas if it's more darker, it is able to manifest and kind of feed off of what you're going through, whether happy or sad, without even realizing what's going on around you with that particular energy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting stuff. And and that's, you know, I guess the, the conundrum that everybody doesn't, you know, have the the awareness of these things, and me included. I mean, there's so much about this stuff that I don't know, but I'm incredibly interested in it. And I, and I think that, you know, we probably are, you know, always dealing with spiritual presences, as I said before. But, you know, a lot of times they're benign or, or just observant and not really interfering or anything. But sometimes when it goes south, you, you're going to need some going to need some assistance or, you know, someone they to come need in. Some backup, that's for sure. Always, yeah. always go in twos or more. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I am learning all the time. You mm. know, I mean, I hate saying, oh, 20 years and I've done this and I've done because it's not 
I don't feel that way. Like I said, I've never taken credit for anything I've been blessed to do or see or experience or help with. Mm -hmm. Um, Helping other people has been the greatest feeling ever, but it's not because of me. And I'm thankful that I'm given that opportunity. But at the end of the day, I've been also very blessed to meet others and have these kind of conversations and learn more and exchange ideas because that's how we all grow and, you know, take something with us. I'm all about, you know, learning that knowledge for the strength and power within ourselves for all of this stuff. Right. No, I I appreciate it. And I appreciate your input on all this stuff too. But um, do you have any other uh, experience that you'd like to share before we're done? Well, I will say that the um, <laughs> the coup de grace for me probably was um, having to go through um, the, uh, the at the end of that paranormal investigation because it turns out that as we came through our last spot, mm-hmm. it was right on Lake Erie. And as the trees kind of cleared, it's almost like kind of every movie, you open the trees and you see the lake. <laughs> right. And it's Lake Erie. Um, and as we got up there and we all started to chat about the area, I started feeling um, almost like when you're a kid and you inhale way too much water and you start to choke. Oh. I felt like I was drowning, but coughing on air. And I'm coughing and I'm coughing and, you know, they're hitting me on the back and stuff. And it seemed like forever. Mm-hmm. And... I started getting very cold inside and then I was finally able to catch my breath. It seemed like I said for about three minutes, but it was probably maybe 30 seconds. But when you can't breathe, it seems like forever. (laughs) (laughs) When you're choking, it's no, it's not good. Um, So when it finally was able to catch my breath and everything, I had told them, you know, I felt like, you know, I was choking on freezing cold water. I was cold and I could not you know, get the water out, but there was no water in my throat was the problem because I'm standing on land. (laughs) Um, We had later done after going back and reviewing evidence and things, we had done some research and it actually turns out that um, in June of 1850, that there was a boat called the GP Griffith Griffith, um, that had carried 326 immigrants through there um, to start their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and 600 feet from shore, the boat caught fire oh. and the majority of them jumped, you know, um, trying to swim to shore and, um, out of the 326, 287 people died. Oh um, God. and out of that 97 were never able to be identified because they were, uh, immigrants without family that was currently here. Oh no. Wow. So that's, um, that being my whole collective main points of that first experience that I, that was the first time anybody had ever asked me to come assist on anything. And of course I was nervous, but, um, and excited. But after that, I had such a different outlook and respect for all of the experiences that not just I have, but everybody, right. you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Wow. I think sometimes you walk out of experiences like that, like, because everybody would love to have an experience like that. I think deep down, the majority of us would love to feel affirmed in what we see or feel and actually, um, you know, have it right there somehow, you know, to be like, mm-hmm. you know, I am here, I exist. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do, it's, it definitely changes you. Definitely. 
Well, your experiences are absolutely amazing, and I, and I just really am thrilled that you came on the show today to share those, along with the incredible insights and understandings that you brought to the table, because that's like the, the whipped cream on top of the sundae, for sure. Oh, I definitely appreciate this. This was wonderful. And, you know, we we branched off a lot on philosophies and thoughts and different theories. But I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the experiences that we touched on were interesting. But I'm grateful that we were able to have those conversations. That's definitely the best part of it all, for sure. Absolutely. And me too. And, you know, I, I, I full disclosure, I never plan these shows in terms of what's going to be talked about. And, but I'm always amazed at, you know, how the conversation turns and changes and goes different directions. And I assume it's probably because it needed to, you know, that there's things that we've talked about here that needed to be heard. So I I hope that our audience (laughs) agrees, but I think it's fascinating and I'm really honored to to meet you and, and want to thank you so much for coming on the show and being a part of the journey. Oh, I appreciate it more than you. Thank you so very much. It's been so awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, Journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. 